Principle Matters Podcast, episode 135. Hi, Principle Matters listeners. This is Will Parker, host of Principle Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I want to talk about using FOMO for building school culture with my guest, Kim Cootie. If you'd like other free resources like this one, you can check out all my posts for school leaders at my website at williamdparker.com. In a recent conversation with author and generational expert, Dr. Tim Elmore, he shared how many students are affected by FOMO, fear of missing out. And for many of them, this condition is demonstrated by a preoccupation with wanting to constantly know what's happening with their peers or social media contacts. And FOMO can sometimes lead to levels of anxiety that make it difficult for students to disconnect from social media. And it can affect adults that way too. So when Kim Cootie, principal of Glenpool High School in Oklahoma, told me recently that she's creating FOMO experiences for her students, I was intrigued. She explained to me that this school year, she and her staff have committed to increasing engagement with students so that they fear missing out on school. Now, what does this look like for her? Well, in this week's podcast interview, Kim shares takeaways on how her school team has increased positive FOMO by welcome back videos, greeting students as they come to school, developing more engaging lessons, and finding real-life applications for student learning. She also shares takeaways from when she recently shadowed a student for, for a day, and she explains how her school is piloting Oklahoma's ICAP the individual career academic plans that involve every senior in job shadowing or internship opportunities. And she tells specific stories of how students in her school are finding relevant application for their learning, increasing attendance rates, and making academic gains. I'll introduce Kim's bio when I transition to the podcast conversation in just a minute. But this was also a webinar interview. And if you'd like to see the video version of this, I'll link to it in my show notes as well as to Kim's slides. So as you learn from Kim's story, I'd like you to think about how are your students viewing their experience in your school? How can you enhance the learning environments so that students are afraid of missing out on school? What ways can you put yourself into the roles of students so that you see school from their perspective? And what is one way today that you can introduce students to more real-life applications of learning. I hope you enjoy this conversation, and thanks again for doing What Matters. Thank you for taking time today for this Education Leaders webinar. It's great to see you on this day before Thanksgiving break begins. We are excited this week to have Kim Cootie, principal of Glenpool High School, who's going to be presenting today on school culture, what it's like to shadow a student and her experience in piloting ICAP. Kim has spent 21 years working with Oklahoma students, first as a special education teacher, then as a high school assistant principal, a middle school principal, and now high school principal at Glenpool. She has 15 years in secondary admin experience at Glenpool Public Schools, and she began her administrative career as the high school assistant principal for eight years. For three years, she served as Glenpool's middle school principal, and then was named as Glenpool High School Principal in 2015. She was this year's OASSP Secondary High School Principal of the Year 
and she serves as the president-elect for the Oklahoma Association of Secondary School Principals. Kim prides herself on Glenpool's high graduation rate and her and her staff's commitment to building positive relationships with students. Kim Cootie, thank you for giving us time from your school day to talk to us and welcome to our Education Leaders webinar. Thank you. Um, welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining. So I'm going to talk to you just about school culture. And um, this is one of the signs that I have in my building. I have multiple just inspirational signs, but through these halls walk some of the finest students in the nation. And as a principal, I believe that. Um, our teachers believe that and our students believe that. So just getting that belief system down and encouraging your kids as they walk through that every single time they go past that, you know, over a four-year span, they're seeing this sign a lot of times. And if they see it enough, then they'll start believing it. So just to give you a little background on Glimpical Schools and just our core beliefs, we have district non-negotiables. So safe environment, teamwork and collaboration, positive relationships with students, and service. We want to be the Chick-fil-A of public schools. You feel the difference. How may I serve you? It's a pleasure to serve you. And that's what we do at Glimpful Schools. And just to give you a little bit of background there, one thing that we have really so, focused on um, is creating positive relationships with students. And we talk about FOMO. If you have a teen, then you know that FOMO means fear of missing out. And I challenged my staff at the beginning of the school year too, how do you create FOMO every single day in your classroom? What can we do? as educators that a student can't get from social media, they can't watch a video of it, um, they can't ask Siri, and that's relationships and energy um, that we can bring to our classrooms every day. So just asking our teachers to go above and beyond and get out there, be a little crazy, and get kids involved. And what we've seen with that is an increase in attendance. Our attendance rate is up this year um, from tri last trimester to this trimester. And we have some student advocacy hours that we have built into our schedule and that allow teachers to have a small group of kids that they meet with every single day. And so it's a study skills type class, but they're working on goal setting with our kids. What we've seen with that is we have 25 students who failed multiple classes last year. So they were assigned to a teacher for one period. We have three teachers that do that. So 25 divided into three small groups. And the teachers, they worked on goal setting, tracking their grades, having kids log in and look at their grades, look at their attendance, see what the correlation is. And we've seen a significant decrease in behavior. And we went from 25 students failing multiple classes to 20 kids passing all of their classes. The five that did not they only failed one class. So these are kids that have experienced academic success for the first time in a long time. And it was awesome because they're coming in on the last day of finals and they're giving me like up to date, you know, Miss Cootie, I'm passing everything, I'm passing everything. And they were so proud of themselves. But that student advocacy hour really worked for those kids. Just through creating positive relationships, we've seen a 50% reduction in ISP, which is our in-school placement. 
and an increase in the number of courses that have been passed. So just to show you, um, you can see all my slides here. I have Mr. Dowdikin and Mr. Dowdikin loves to dress up for kids. And he's flow from progressive insurance as he was teaching the progressive area. And he's dressed up like a bumblebee from the Blind Melons music video on perspective. So it's just kids want to come because they're not really sure what crazy thing their teachers might do. This video here is uh, student shadowing. So we just have a lot of exciting things and it's just about being there for kids and being engaged with kids. Well, Kim, I know from the time that I've walked through your building, which I had the privilege to do last year when you had been named as the Oklahoma High School Principal of the Year, that the signage that you showed us at the beginning, you have different versions of that sign all over your building. That every hallway kids walk into, the front of your building, the hallways throughout your schools remind kids how excited that you are that they're there. And I know that sometimes when I talk to high school principals, especially, they feel like it's a little more difficult to get a high school staff as excited about culture as maybe a middle school or an elementary. Tell us what your experience was this year, because you guys really, I think, even stepped it up even more stepping into this year than you have ever done before. What, what has been your experience involving your staff in increasing positive culture for students? So we have the motto here, dance like everyone's watching and you don't care. I asked my staff at the beginning of the school year, we're going to do a welcome back lip sync for our kids. Here's the song. If you're embarrassed, then you need to dress up and cover your face so people don't know who you are. But we're doing this and I want you to be excited. And we sent this out to all students and parents the night before the first day of school, just as a welcome. We want them to know how excited we are. Here's, here's what we're going to do and how you do it is up to you. So if you, like I said, if you need to cover your head, then do that. And um, they took it to a whole new level. I stayed out of it and they shocked me. So I've got my English team down here and, you know, they're playing their instruments. I've got my math team that tends to be a little bit more reserved and some of them have you know, masks on, but they really got into it and had a ton of fun. And then the feedback that they were getting from families and from students just reinforced that it's okay. It's okay to get out there and be a little goofy and not take ourselves so seriously. I'm amazed at elementary teachers. Elementary teachers, they they'll do whatever it takes to get kids. They will sing songs. They will be silly and um, because we know that kids respond to that and they like that kind of welcoming environment. And then you get into secondary and like, why do we have to be so serious all the time? Why is it such strictly business that I see with some secondary and, and that I've had that same mindset at times. So really just shifting and we are serious in the classroom. Um, we take care of business. Our school is structured and it's safe, but we are going to have fun and we're going to do those goofy things. It also teaches our kids that it's okay not to, you're not too cool for school. It's okay for them to dress up at, you know, during pep assemblies and games and to take risks and, and be out there. So we're, we're dancing like everyone's watching and we just don't care. 
Well, I saw a copy of that video when you started school. And uh, if anyone wants to see the full version of that, you can check it out later on Kim's uh, Twitter account or on Facebook, and she'll share her contact information with you at the end. But it is so fun to watch an entire high school faculty jumping in, being excited, welcoming kids back to school. And Kim, I love that you already shared statistics with us. We're at the end of, almost the end of first semester, and you've already seen a, an increase in attendance. You've seen drops in your student discipline referrals. And I know it, uh, you, we can't always say it's directly related to culture, but there's certainly a difference you see this year uh, in comparison. Well, and this year, our admin PLC has met every Friday morning, and we go through the eligibility list, and it is student by student. Why? Is it attendance? Is it behavior? Is it academics? And then making a plan. So I think just giving those kids that need our attention, they're going to get our attention one way or the other. So let's front load that and let's make sure that we're um, giving them the positive attention. And I think that has helped us a lot. Wow. Well, thank you. I know you're going to talk next about your student shadowing experience, and I'm so excited to hear what it was like for you to be a high school student for a day. I think it was October 1st, I became a 10th grade student. I got up early. I went and caught my bus and rode in the bus with a student, um, bus stop to bus stop. So as I was going through this experience, in the morning, all of our kids go to the student center, which is our cafeteria for supervision until the bell rings. So kids are all clustered together and the kids know me and I know the kids, but I didn't know all of them. And the student that I picked to shadow, um, I didn't know her at all. And so I really didn't know her circle of friends. And she was very, very quiet. So I go sit down and it truly was, I was the new kid. I'm sitting at a group at a table, but I'm, I'm surrounded by people, but I'm not involved in the conversation. They're talking. I'm listening. I would try to chime in every now and then, but I really wasn't, I wasn't part of the group. And um, the same thing was kind of at lunch is what I experienced. Um, What I realized is as we go out and look at our cafeterias and we see kids sitting together, it doesn't really mean that they're connected. So making sure that we are putting programs in place that help kids build relationships with each other, because um, I felt lonely. And I know I was just pretending for a day and I felt lonely. So it also gave me more awareness when a kid comes to me and says, Ms. Cootie, I can't do the student center. I mean, there's too many kids in there. I get that. I get that it might be uncomfortable. So finding some other options for those kids. I don't want a kid to not come to school because they can't handle having to go in with the other 650 kids kind of in this holding area until school starts. Something else that I found was our seating. We have a lot of these blue desks, and that was my first two hours. And those blue desks are really uncomfortable. Um, I sat there, and I looked at the back of somebody's head, and I even found myself like trying to scoot the desks away because I just felt like I was right here. So, you know, as we're designing our classrooms, is just being aware of what it's like not from the teacher's standpoint, but from the student's standpoint. We were able to get a bunch of round tables and um, chairs from Tulsa Tech this last week. So I was super excited to get to move those into some of these classrooms and replace these, these desks. 
with, with budgets as tight as they are, I think that we have to find creative ways, grants or, but allowing teachers that freedom to have some flexible seating in their classroom. One thing, uh, I don't know what your cell phone policies are like, but we've just kind of opened up our cell phone policy in the last few years. But each teacher has control over whether or not a student can use their cell phone. So I was in a cell phone free zone for the first two hours. I had it on silent and I had it underneath my chair. Well, it's vibrating. And the anxiety that I felt of, oh my gosh, I wonder who that is. I, I wonder, like, I'd really like to check that, but I was in direct view of the teacher, so I wasn't going to check my cell phone. But just those things that we ask kids to do, mm-hmm. instead of, um, I've changed my thinking of cell phones in the last several years, and that it's about teaching them how to use it responsibly. And because as adults, we never check our cell phone in at the beginning of the day, but we also know when we're in a meeting or we're meeting with our um, teams that we're not going to have our cell phone out and be preoccupied with that. Um, something else I found with the student shadow, shadowing experience, we have 74 minute classes. That's a really long time to sit. And even though our teachers are changing up their instruction every 15 minutes, I was tired of sitting. So getting up um, and your kids will say, oh God, do we have to get up? I don't want to get up. They may not want to, but they need to. Just those best practices of get up, move, you know, partner work and having some talking. And then I put sporks. It came to lunchtime. I don't know if your cafeteria has sporks, but they are neither forks nor spoons and they should not be combined. So uh, trying to eat a salad with a spork uh, was just a funny thing with the student shadowing. If you haven't shadowed a student, I, I highly recommend it. Allow your counselors. Um, your assistant principals to go a day and shadow a kid. I sat through Spanish 2, and I never had Spanish 1. So Spanish 2 was a challenge, and I really wanted to try. I wanted to do well in that class, but I just didn't have the background knowledge um, to do it. So it, it gave me a glimpse of what our struggling kids are going through because we assume that if they're not doing it, it's because they don't want to. Mm-hmm. And that's not accurate. It All kids want to do well. And so why is it that they're not doing well? Is it that they don't have the background knowledge? Um, and, you know, I could have gotten tutoring in Spanish too. I still wasn't going to do well because I just didn't have enough knowledge to, to get into Spanish too. But it was an awesome experience. We have made some changes based on that experience just so that we we better serve our kids. Well, I love it, Kim, that you focus not only on practical, active ways to engage culture this year, but you've also tried to put yourself into the shoes of students as well, because I know that that informs even more strongly the way that you guys are interacting with with students this semester. Thanks for sharing that, because I think sometimes we forget how we quickly forget what it's like to be in the in the seat of a, of a student. I know how tired you must have been by the end of that day, too. I also wanted to ask you some questions as a school that's been piloting ICAP, which is Oklahoma's initiative to partner students with work or career-related activities and internships, the state of Oklahoma's provided a lot of resources and ideas of how to do that. And Glenpool volunteered to be an ICAP school. And so I'd love for you to just walk us through some of the experiences that you've had with connecting your students and your curriculum to 
career opportunities and what that's looked like for you guys as a pilot school as other principals consider ways that they can grow that program for their students. A lot of you are probably trying to figure out, do I want to use OK College Start? Do I want to use OK Career Guide? Um, we started with OK Career Guide, um, but have moved to OK College Start and just felt like it gave us some better data and was easier to, uh, more user-friendly than Career Guide. They're both great tools. And then we've focused a lot on just opportunities for our kids and through Career Connections, which is our service learning job out program where students earn credit for working, um, internships and college and career visits. And then our advisory groups, um, our, we call them circles. So having kids come in, our circles, we will implement fully next year and it will be um, made up of four seniors, four juniors, four freshmen, four sophomores. And so that we have that mentoring relationship between a freshman and a senior, because I have a lot of seniors that they say, gosh, had I known that as a freshman? Had somebody told me as a freshman, I always remind them, we did tell you that as a freshman, but sometimes to hear it from kid to kid, and then it just develops that family and that partnership with our kids. So the ways that we have really looked at serving our kids is uh, we have Tulsa Tech and um, Tulsa TCC. So we have about 41% of our um, students are enrolled in either tech or TCC. Right. As For those year. outside the Tulsa area, Tulsa Technology is our uh, career wow. tech option for students. And TCC is the Tulsa Community College, which is uh, also located in Tulsa, where students can take concurrent college courses. Yeah. And then just exposing our kids. So Aon Manufacturing had a uh, manufacturing, a student tour that we took kids out to. And next year, we're partnering with Aon and Tulsa Technology Center to do an on-site Foundations of Manufacturing program. Taking our kids to the STEM challenge. And everybody, regardless of kind of where you live, you probably have uh, programs like these in the area. But just getting kids exposed to different areas. Tulsa Tech also hosted, um, with the Home Builders Association, a construction expo. This was really powerful for a lot of my kiddos. Took about 70 kids to this, and they had demonstrations of all these different um, industries, construction industries, and hands-on demonstrations. So the kids could get in there and like this, this is a bridge that they built. Um, they had all the materials cut and just a blueprint, and the kids had to put that together. And they're, they're operating heavy equipment. But how do you know you want to go into construction unless you have a family member there? They, they seem to think that that's the end, you know, that you're just going to be in labor all of your life. And that's not. You can, you can own the business. You can, if you like to work with your hands, you can do construction management. There's so many different opportunities. But if your kids don't know what that is, if they can't see it, then they, they can't be it. And then um, a program that I'm really proud of is our internship program. You know, all of these ideas that I have, I've stolen from other people. Um, Hilldale has a great internship program. And I was able to get the curriculum from uh, Dr. Cootie and uh, start a program, you know, on a smaller scale at my school. So this is 
just a picture. This is a chance. And he's, he's given me permission to show his face all over town. But in middle school, I don't know that I would have thought chance would have graduated high school. He had, there were some at-risk academic areas for him. This year, as I'm talking to him and he's a senior and he's doing well and, you know, what do you want to do? We were, we were looking at a schedule and he's like, I, I want to be a plumber. How do you know you want to be a plumber? Well, I have a friend who said that I could come work for him. All right. Well, I don't have any plumbing internships, but I have this quality heat and air. And um, we designed his schedule so that he could go into internship and intern two hours a day. A week later, after him going in and interning two hours a day, the owners of the business called and they said, okay, so our goal is not for him to drop out of high school, but we want to hire him full time. Right. How can we make this work? He only needed senior English and electives. So he does, we're on a five period day, he does senior English. And then he has service or two hours of internship that he's not paid for. And then two hours of service learning that he does get paid for. And then he works into the evening or however long that they need him. But when I go talk to the Chamber of Commerce and and we have a workforce development group that the school's part of, we tell this story and the owners of this company say, in 20 years, when Chance is still working for us. And it's just made such a difference. He doesn't really care about senior English. And it may have been a struggle to get him connected for five periods a day, but he cares about this job and he understands why he needs senior English so that he can graduate and go, you know, continue with his um, HVAC career that he's wanting to go into. What I find with that internship is it's, it's not at my school. It's not so much about those kids that know what they want to do. You know, oh, I want to be a nurse. I want to go do this. It's good to get them experiences. But for those kids that I'm not really sure, and I don't really understand why, what I'm going to use these classes for is just helps them kind of connect that why and help give them a reason to continue jumping through some of the hoops that they have to jump through. Well, and Kim, for those who can't see the um, slide version of this, it's it's neat to see the, all the different internships that you've made available for your students. Mercy Regional, Watermark Properties, Inside Eye Care, Financial Equipment Company, Quality Heating and Cooling, kids interning at the elementary school, and even at the funeral home. So that's a, that's a lot of partnerships you guys have been able to build that, just as you piloted. Yeah, and that's just for this trimester. So I have a student that wants to be a medical, she thinks she wants to be a medical examiner. And um, that's a hard fit, but she's going to go into the funeral home so she can work with like embalming. And I mean, she is exposed to at least deceased bodies. So it allows her some experience there. So the internship's been really powerful. And there's a lot of great schools around the area that are doing internships. Another part of the ICAP is um, Jinx just did a senior conference. And I know that Mustang has had, I think it was Mustang has had a really successful senior conference. So they allowed me to send a team of of, uh, counselors to go participate in their senior conference. So what I love about just COSA and the connections is that we get to share ideas and I get to go learn from what Jinx is doing and then bring it to, to make it how it fits Glimpful. And that's, awesome. that's something really powerful with the ICAP is when we first hear that, it's like, oh my gosh, one more thing that we need to do. 
But the state department has given us such flexibility with ICAP in that it's here's what it needs to be. There's not a right or wrong way to do this. It's how it best fits your needs and how it best serves your students. So it's not just a box to check or you have to do these things. It's just develop it how it's best going to serve your community. Because all of our communities and all of our needs and resources are so different. So this one size fits all um, doesn't work for kids and it doesn't work for schools. That's that's a great point. Our professional learning networks are huge. And I know at the end of today's presentation, you're going to share ways for people to connect with you. So if you want to see Kim's school, if you want to connect with her through email or talk to her or do a visit, uh, there's she'll share that contact info. So that way we can keep sharing ideas from school to school. The last part, uh, something that we've done that's been pretty powerful, um, just with our non-negotiable of safe environment is my, I have two great assistant principals, uh, Galen Uring, Corey Slagle are awesome to work with. And Corey used this at a previous school and it's text to tip. So it's just set up through Google. It doesn't cost us anything and it goes to all three of our cell phones. So we have, you know, kids are always on their cell phones where they might be hesitant to come into our office or be seen coming into our office. This, they, nobody knows who they're texting. They can pull their phone out. It's anonymous. So we don't know who's sending it to us unless they state their name. We've had probably 10 reports just since we've been using it in probably the last, I don't know, four weeks. And eight of those 10 have turned up with something that a student had at school that they shouldn't have had at school. So it's empowering our kids that want, they want their school safe. They don't want to walk in to a bathroom and go through a cloud of vapes, you know, vape smoke to get there. They want a safe school. They want kids to follow the rules. And this just empowers them to be able to alert us to unsafe behavior without risking kids knowing that it came where it came from. So, so Kim, do uh, if school leaders are interested in doing something similar, is that just a website where they can create their own number text to tip? Yeah, it's through Google voice. And uh, like we, we had a student that um, passed away recently mm. and a student just texted in and said, I feel like there's not been enough attention given to it. I was able to share kind of ways that we have and, you know, but it also allowed me to know kind of where that student was coming from and invite them to come in. And so it's just a, an area for our kids to give information. And it, it's been pretty powerful so far. We haven't had any fake tips, but sure, I would sure. rather sort through the fake tips and make sure that um, our kids are empowered to keep their school safe. So you guys set yours up as a Google voice number and then shared that out with your students, the number as a place for them to directly text to with their concerns for bullying, criminal activity, drug use, rumors of fights. So they know what's going on. They know a lot more than what we know. What a powerful way to give them voice too. And and just that example you gave, not only are kids reaching out to you about safety, but just also feeling the freedom to reach out to you as, as their leader to say, hey, I think this is an area that we need more focus. So what a great way to give kids voice. Kim Cootie, thank you so much for giving us so many powerful takeaways in that half hour of education webinars for leaders. Again, I the ideas, and I'm a pretty creative person, but it is just hearing things, talking to other schools, what are you doing about this, and then making it my own and how it fits my, my community. 
And I'd be happy to share what we're doing. I love to get ideas from other people. So my email address is on here. I put my cell phone. You can text me, call me. Just if you text me, make sure I know who you are, that you put who you are on there. So um, it's much easier to get a hold of us on our cell phone than it is an office phone since we're rarely in our office. Um, our my personal Twitter account and my uh, the school Twitter account is on here too. Great. And for anyone who's just listening to the audio version of this, you can reach out to Kim's email at katiecootie at glenpoolps.org. Her Twitter account is at Kimberly Cootie. And the Glenpool High School Twitter account is at Glenpool underscore HS. Thank you again, Kim, for being our presenter today for this webinar. And thank you for those of you that logged in to present. We will be sharing a recording of this at the COSA at the COSA website and also sharing it out through my newsletter to OASSP OMLEA members. So please look for that if you want to watch this again or share it with other school leaders. Kim Cootie, thanks so much for the work that you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate your leadership and thank you everyone for doing what matters and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.